Hello, and welcome to A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. A trumpet call, a voice crying out loud for God to those that would hear, so that they would run to him, that they might be warned. We are here sounding the alarm that our time on earth is short and we have no time to waste. Here we will expose the truth, teach the word, discuss the dangers, lies, and enemies we are surrounded by, and how to engage in the war that we are standing in the middle of. Today, we are talking about current events, and I've got Aiden and Grant with me today, and we're going to talk about what's going on in the world, how we should view it, how we should react to it, and what God's telling us to do to prepare for what's yet to come. I played video games for years. I, I've had video consoles, like, and spent stupid amount of money on games <laughs> over the years. And uh, one day, you know, God just woke me up to the point that I was spending too much time doing that. That, you know, I wasn't focused on my family. I was focused on the world around me and what was going on with it. I was asleep through entertainment just as much as anybody else, mm. which may be why I feel such a desperation to help people get out of that. Yeah. Mode. Because when God finally woke me up, he was like, you can't do this anymore. And I put my video game consoles in the tub and I put it in the closet. And I didn't touch them again. But then I found myself a couple of months later, I had downloaded a game onto my phone. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, well, you know, it's something to do in those times when I have no nothing to do. I'm waiting for something, right? So I would just sit and, you know, play a game, right? And it did start that innocently. Mm. But then it got to the point where I would get off work and I would sit in a chair in the living room and I would start playing the game on my phone. And the next thing you know... Everybody's gone to bed. It's one o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. And I've been sitting there since five. And I'm going, wow, how did that happen? And that, I think it happened twice. Yeah. And then um, I started, you know, really kind of thinking about what was going on. And my wife wasn't happy about it. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not bothering you. Why are you, <laughs> why are you not happy? You know? <laughs> then God convicted me, like, yeah, this got to go. And uh, so I was like, I deleted off my phone, and I'm like, okay, I have got to take every temptation of this away. Yep, yep. Right. So I went and got the old video game consoles, and I found a friend, and I said, you can have all of this. Wow. I don't want any of it. There you go. And I just gave it away. Because, yeah. And, and it was like, I, no, I don't want you to pay me. Just take it away. <laughs> because I just, I can't, I can't do that because I know that it is part of what kept me asleep from seeing the world as it really is. Yep. Right. Distraction. You know, I had those endorphins going. I was happy, and I, I, I wasn't worried about the fact that we got a food crisis coming. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, and I wasn't worried about what was going on in child trafficking, and I wasn't worried about, you know, what they're teaching kids in school. And I was, I mean, all of these things are things that we need to be understanding that are happening and, and make sure that we can help as many people as possible either prepare for it, defend themselves against it, or get out of it, and I'm asleep mm. because I'm being entertained. And so Gary Durham tells a story about his personal life, you know, when it came to um, television or movies, right? Um, and what, what basically it ends up preaching is um, that what the Bible teaches is moderation. Mm-hmm. And if you struggle with something, you can't do it. Right. But so, like, what what his story is exactly. is that when he was in uh, uh, school for his doctorate, 
um, you know, he got a TV for his room or something like that. And, you know, it was taking up, you know, all of his time. And God said, okay, you, you know, I don't want you to do this. You can't do this. And, you know, um, and so for Gary, you know, God was like, you know, when Gary was like, yeah, you know, and whatever, God like brought a lightning storm and like destroyed the TV. <laughs> and Gary's like, wow. okay, I get the point. Yeah. Um, but then like 10 years later when he had, he had kids and, you know, God's like, okay, I, I took that away. Because at the time, I needed you to do this other thing, and it was going to take over. But now, you have the self-control. Yeah. You can have a TV. And so, like, I mean, he, you know, he barely ever watches TV. Ever. <laughs> like, I commend you, him for you know that. what I mean? Yeah. But, like, it's there. It's a freedom for him. It's a liberty yeah. for him. Yeah. But he was, went through the period, the process where self-control is. For some people, that may be a lifetime. You may not get that until, like, you yeah. died and are with Jesus. Um, <laughs> but for others, like, you know, God can bring you through a, pl- a point, you know, where you have self-control and you can enjoy some things at times when it's appropriate. Yeah, and, and I feel very fortunate that I don't have a lot of addictions. Mm-hmm. I know there are people that struggle with a lot of different things, but I've been very fortunate in my life. Um, I have been able to walk away from just about anything I want to walk away from. Mm-hmm. But then, then the the video game entertainment stuff was uh, the first time in my life I'd experienced that I felt withdrawal from it, you know? And, and um, that's when I knew I could never do that again. Mm. I mean, it, it just was like, no. Yeah. There's something about it that isn't right for me, so I just can't do right. that. So, so it's a reason why... I- pretty much don't play anything anymore because I don't have the time to play like I'd want to play, Be, like I used to enjoy oh, yeah, playing when I was young. Consume, yeah. And now it's just like I can't even get into it and enjoy it, so, like, I'm not even going to start. Right. Mm. You know? Yep. I'm uh, with you 100%. Uh, I am the same way. And it's just like I, if I did that, I need – I would have to take, like, three days off, and that's what I would do <laughs> three days. And then after the three days, I wouldn't want to stop. But I'm but, – but I know now looking at that going – why would you even want to do something like that for three days straight? Yeah. Dude, yeah. I I literally played an online um, video game for like three years of my life every day. I was awesome. I was really good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had like this online social profile, you know, like with, with friends and all that. Yeah. And the moment I was like, okay, enough is enough and stopped doing it, all those friends Never talked to him again. You know what I mean? They never caught and, up with you. But, like, I basically wasted three years of my life. Yeah. Yeah, and social media is like that, I think, for a lot of people. Oh, um, 100%. You know, we have so many venues. I can't even begin to tell you all the venues for social media, you know, between Twitter and Facebook and TikTok and Truth Social and Vimo and, I mean, Gab and I don't know. There's mm, tons more. Of I stuff. can't even name them all. You know, yeah. the only reason I downloaded Truth Social, because you're like, we got the podcast on Truth Social. I was like, okay. And then I'm on this wait list. And then they're like, you're approved. And then I'm like, I can't even find the podcast. Yeah, it, it's, <laughs> it, it's a little bit challenging. So, like, it sits on my phone and I don't even use it. Well, and I think everybody was in up in arms that it was going to be the next Twitter and it. I don't know if it is or not. I, well, I, if if Elon can buy Twitter and then actually reform it, that'll then, be nice. Then it won't be the next Twitter, right? Yeah. I agree. But that my point was is I think a lot of people are addicted to that too because you know the 
There, I saw a study one time talking about people addicted to likes and interactions because it's a dopamine rush. Yeah, it is, and I, I wonder because you know I'm trained in psychology, and mm-hmm. I wonder if it's because we're so disconnected in the real world mm-hmm. because there's a lot of fear in people that they won't be accepted for who they are. Mm-hmm. So at that point, then you got to wonder: is, all, is everybody online fake? Because quite honestly, well, yeah, because some I mean, elements for sure, probably right. Yeah, well, we're relationable beings. We like being in relationships with people. But like you said, people get so afraid of, oh man, well they accept me for who I really am, so they make up something online because they can hide behind that screen and right. say, hey, I'm actually this person that everyone likes. And they never have to meet that. Person. Exactly, and they never right, have right. to 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 show who they really are. And then they get likes and stuff like that. I, that's why I never understood why. You know, girls and stuff post like the pictures that they post. It's like, whoa, it's like what? Yeah, it's all dopamine rush when they get no, the comments that said, "Oh my gosh, you're so beautiful." Blah 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 blah. It's all that attention. Stuff. It's the same. Yeah, it's yeah. the same reason women wear yoga pants. Um, you know, with a with a tube top. Yeah. Going through the store like they just got out of the gym. They want people to look. <laughs> Sometimes you go. You ain't never been in this gym. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> you're, you're lying to us all. You're lying. <laughs> Guys, well, well now, now society says it's a good thing that you're extremely obese and wearing these things and, and doing all this in front of I, people. I see, I see these uh, guys with muscle shirts on, and I'm going... Oh, yeah. No. Those are the best. No. They're like eight sizes too small. Or, oh no, I'm talking about the guys that weigh like 80 pounds. Oh, yeah, and they're like baggy. And, and you're like, dude, you haven't bought a muscle yet. Yeah. <laughs> Did you say you haven't bought a muscle yeah. yet? You need that before the shirts. <laughs> you go buy the muscles because, you know, you pay a gym membership. And yeah. Oh, I get, yeah. I get what you're you, saying. I get what you're saying. You got to get the cart in front of the horse here, guys. <laughs> but it's funny. But... We have forgot how to have a sense of humor, too, don't you think? Yeah. Everybody's so worried that you're going to judge them, right? And, yeah. And having the negative opinion, we forgot to laugh a little bit. You know, um... <laughs> I think that's another sign of the state that we're in. Yeah. You know, the times that we're, that we're coming into, um, you know, cause it's just such, like, anger and desperation and that's what you need to cultivate that to its extreme in order for somebody to accept this one person that's going to come on the stage and be the savior of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because if people are, you know, carefree and, you know, laughing about things and are okay with things, like, they're never going to be like, yeah, I'm going to follow you. Why would I follow you, right? Yeah. <laughs> it also creates, I think, I think all the disunity and stuff is making it hard for people to relate to each other. Yeah. And that's that's how I think people bond is relating. And when you can't relate with another person, you automatically – I'm not saying we, but other people automatically think they're wrong for the way that they went through life or a decision that they made because they're like, well, I didn't go through that. And I think that's where a lot of that disunity then becomes even more. Well, and we have – you know, we've had some folks on the show that like Irina come on and talk to us about what's going on in the in the Ukraine, and you know, Oleg is going to be coming back here soon and talking to us with an update of what's going on over there. But I see all these people that put the Ukrainian flag on their Facebook page or mm-hmm. all the social media, you know, was doing that, or even people put it on their cars. I've seen, 
I've seen it everywhere. And I'm like, what does that really mean to you, right? What was the way that you connected with that? Just saying I identify with it it's isn't hi- a connection. It's hive mentality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's terrifying, isn't it? It's the I want to be popular How kind of thing. How quickly the entire world got behind blue and yellow. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and and not that I don't support those people because, you know, the, the innocent people in Ukraine, the, the, uh, the, the children I'm the highly innocent, supportive of. The innocent people, the people, not the leader. But... The, the leader is calling for World War Three, basically. Yeah. The thing that is important to me, though, is that we have to, we, we got to try not to be in a hive. We got to have individualism mm-hmm. and discernment. Just because Joe says something's right, you just don't go, Joe's a good guy. He would never lie to me. Exactly. Or Joe's well, got a big platform. But, so. but here's the thing. In like 1940s, and 1950s America, no. you could <laughs> say that about somebody because you knew their character. So, yes, we need to understand that the integrity of the individual is not what it was once. Right. And just because that you have integrity doesn't mean that the person that you're trying you, to follow If you don't or know that person, like personally know them and know yeah. their track record, then you shouldn't just blindly so that's trust a, them. That's a good yeah. point, uh, Michael. Um People think they do. Right. People, I think people believe that the social media relationships are real. Yeah, yeah. Or that what the media says is real. But, you know, if I've got 5,000 followers on Facebook, they're called friends, right? Yeah, yeah. I have no animosity towards any of them. But for those people that aren't friends in the real world with me, are we really friends? Mm-hmm. We may have similar opinions. We may be an echo chamber for each other because a lot of times that's really what that is in social yeah. media is an echo chamber, right? Yeah. Come on, be a little bit honest with yourself. <laughs> I, um, I go to Facebook for the memes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I go there for? I go there. I I, I actually am. How many par- times have you been uh, soft banned? Oh, do I am right now? I, I will, I'll never be. Un, I, I, I'm restricted now. Oh, good. And, and it was funny as they list all the things that you've done to cause that. Yeah. And and I think they're 90 day bans or right. restrictions. It's like every 90 days here. You just here, won't here, show here, up here. in other people's news feeds as much or something like that. Except for I do because I get all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I'm not sure I understand what they're doing. Um. But I, I actually go in there a lot, to, and I go into Christian groups mm-hmm. where their their names are Christian groups, right? But there's a lot of really bad doctrine that's mm. taught, and 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 I I talk, I try to help people understand what the word's really saying. And you, whew, let me tell you, <laughs> some of those are not pleasant conversations, too. Just so you know. Well, yeah, people get so in their ways that they defend it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I, when I first got on there, I was really into the, these pre-trib groups trying to help them understand that that's all really not real. Oh, good. That that's a very dangerous minefield to wade into. Well, yeah. that's a hundred and fifty-year-old. Uh, yeah, that's. But I'm just saying, those people they, they will cuss you out, and I'm going. That's well, real Christian. That, that's not something I expected from this group. Point taken. <laughs> when they when they cuss you out, be like, I guess you're getting left behind. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, oh, proves my and, point. And, and, and you know, if you want to try another another one that will get you a lot of uh, angry responses is a a King James group 
oh, where you're trying to show oh, that yes. the King James isn't the authority, <laughs> and, and that it uh, those is, are my favorite is a mostly a copy of the Latin Bible. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you know what you need to do is when when engaging King James believers, you just need. I to, love you, King you, James people. You just gotta be like. <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, bless your, bless your whole soul. Come on theory. now. I'm from the South. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> we all know what that means. And, uh, and I don't want anybody to think that I don't appreciate the King James. I use no, the King James. No, 100%. But I also know that it has some limitations and it's not mm-hmm. the authority. Right. And that's the thing but that you I try to a, explain to people. You can be people. a Bible-believing, completely, you know, oh, absolutely. good relationship with Christ and only read the King James. That's right. Yeah, I agree. But he's not going to like it if you start slamming your NLT uh, believers or your ESVs. <laughs> well, the, I mean, the the only couple that I've actually met that are you know that are like that, um, uh, they one was a pastor and they always praise the King James, and like you, if you read something out of a different translation, it's like, and they'll they'll also read it in the King James. You know, they'll be like. You know, they'll reiterate it, yeah. but they don't. They don't like <laughs> criticize. You know, no, like, no, yeah, they use it as a reinforcement like some, tool. I mean, some do. I but get it. The, you know, the, uh, I've not met those kind of people. You know, I like to take King James people and sick them on the message people. <laughs> <laughs> now, that those are two would be fun. That's ends of the spectrum. <laughs> that is it, two it ends of the spectrum. The right there. thing to do necessarily, but somebody has to get to those people. The, the message <laughs> is not a Bible. Yes, I said that. It is a okay translation for some areas, but it well, is not a Bible. Yeah. There are some sections where um, it's it's an eloquent way of saying what the Bible is trying to say, but it is a complete paraphrase. Absolutely. Yeah, you need to study the other translations. <laughs> Let's not study out the message, please. Yeah. Don't study You can read message. what it says and say, hey, that's a colorful way to say what this says over here, so I'm going to use that section. But cross but let's just be examine real with, yeah. I, I belong to a church that that's what they preached out of, and I didn't stay. Yeah, I, I, I would have been out the first week. I was like... Wait, well, they preached solely from well, that? Yeah. Ooh. And it's a, it's a mega church. Well, that, that explains it right there. We want you to feel good when you well, leave, but you know. He, he was, he's preaching that, and I'm following along, and I had a King James at the time. <laughs> and I followed along in the Bible, and I'm going... Dude, he skipped like eight paragraphs. I'm like, what? No, what? no, 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 no. He added like yeah, eight paragraphs. Is that what it does? Going, what translations he... I'm like, well, he's really liberal with what he's adding here. That's interesting. And, and, he, and, and, and I was like... And he would preach again, and I was like... Dude, that's how does he come up with that? What are you saying? <laughs> that and it's, then I, it's like when a preacher embellishes on the story of like you know David and Goliath story, right? And he's talking about you know how how excited David was and how this happened and he went up here, you know what I mean? And the yeah. preacher's like embellishing to like actually paint the, movie Troy, paint the story. Yeah. It's like oh, this sounds so good, yeah. and then when you read it, you're like. That was literally a paragraph. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, you're like, David killed Goliath. Where did I get the rest of the story? Get an yeah. hour of this. <laughs> where did I get the rest of the story? Because it's about a year. Uh, I, is this a, my Bible broken? <laughs> is my Bible broken? I didn't but pay for the I full one. I watched him walking down the hallway one day, and, and and he was carrying it. Oh wow! And, and it was like, there it is. Like that's not a Bible. What does that say? The message. What is that? I didn't even know what it was. So I went home and I looked it up, and I'm like, 
Well, at least it didn't say it's a Bible. Yeah, that's that's a plus. <laughs> it does call itself a paraphrase. And it says yeah. it's a paraphrase. And I'm like, okay. Mm. <laughs> I was disappointed that that wasn't on top of or in the stack of the Bible. Of, yeah. You know, then I would have been okay with what he was doing. Yeah. But if this is your tool, come on. Yeah, that can't be the foundation. Yeah, that was that was the end for me. Well, that was part of the end for me, but it was a terrifying place to be. Discernment, though, is the key, I think, mm-hmm. in all of this discussion. We have to get ourselves to be aware. And discernment and involvement. It's time for us as believers to be involved in the world to the point where we can start pushing back. Yeah. Because Christ said that even the gates of hell couldn't withstand us. Mm. And I would ask people, how often are you attacking the gates of hell? You know, are are you, how often do you pray? How often are you involved? Are you praying for the leaders of your state? Are you praying for the leaders of your country? I mean, we're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. And if we aren't happy with who is our leader, we should be praying that God would touch them in their heart and change them. Or provide the replacement. Yeah. I think you want to always pray for somebody's salvation. Honestly. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and I get, I, you know. I, I, no, no, no. I get, I get that. I just, want, I just wonder about a few of these, you know, leaders or politicians and wonder if they've, you know, actually committed the unpardonable sin. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Because sometimes they stand up there and their eyes are just so black. Yeah, and you know, I always and that, pray and, for... And according to witchcraft tradition, that's a sign of possession. I always pray for pe- for lies to be exposed, for yeah. evil to be exposed. I mean, if you can't be... If a person can't be saved, then I want them to be exposed. Yeah. And I, I want the righteous to stand up and take their place, obviously. So, yeah, I mean, we should be praying for the nation at all times. Well, sometimes people can't be saved until they've, you know, hit the very rock bottom of their yeah. life. And maybe that means, like, get them to the rock bottom and don't do it as, like, when they're president. Yeah, because yeah, that's, well, that that's affects everyone. Point. That's a good point. Um, <laughs> but we have to keep in mind that as believers, we don't want destruction for someone. We want mm-hmm. healing. Life. Life and everything. Um, we can't be the other side. No, right? I, I We agree. can't rail against something and then become it. Right. Um, I don't agree with the current president we have. I, I personally don't find him to be a legitimate president. Yeah. Well, the I, whole the whole of federal government, I think, is is to the point of past the point of no return. But I do pray for him every day. Hmm. You're more faithful yeah. than I am. Well, it, trust me, it, it wasn't always that way. It took, <laughs> it took a battle over my flesh to do that. Yeah. Because my prayers started with. That to make their influence and their power and their in their term short, right? Mm. So and then and then God convicted me, going, "Is that really how I taught you to pray?" Wow, yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I get it. I, I'll fix it. Yeah. But you know, I want them to get saved. I want them to see what they've done. Yeah. And I want them to fix it. I mean. Pfft. Look at the power and authority that our government has. If it actually, all of the players in the game, all the chess pieces, were to one day wake up and suddenly see what they had done to the world around them, they have the power to fix it. They have the authority to fix it. 
That's what I want him to do. I don't care if it's Joe, Jim, Bob, Kelly, Sam, Diana, or Trisha. Fix it. Well, if they actually woke up to what they've, like, to the reality of what they've done, and they aren't, like, 100% sold out to the enemy, mm-hmm. you know, the spiritual enemy, um, they would also need the grace to not kill themselves. Well, mm. that's probably true, too. Because it would be overwhelming the destruction they'd see. Yeah. I agree. But I think if God can reach those people and he can put them on the right track, he can also give them that grace to right. follow Right. Give through. them that strength. Not so. everybody's going to be a Judas, right? Yeah. Some may be. Well, even Judas tried, you know, giving back the, the but silver. But uh, ultimately he, he killed hung himself. himself because yeah. he was aware of what he had done. Mm. Right. And I, I, I asked for that, for those people to be aware, but then to fix it. Yeah. Because well, they can turn need, around. You would need most of them, like the vast majority of them, coming to that conclusion at the same time in order to fix it. Because the system won't let one or two I think my God can do turn that. around. <laughs> I think so, too. The question is, is that his plan? I pray that it can be. And you know what? I still also pray every day that his will, not mine. So mm-hmm. if it's his will that we have to go through a season of wanton, because we've got to the point where we have allowed this, then so be it. I mean, I think that for 200 plus years, God had his hand on this nation, a hand of protection on us, and the hand of abundance and blessing. I think he's pulled that hand off some. I, you know, I look at it and I, I'm grateful and appreciative of that. Growing up in that, I mean, it's a unique perspective in the history of the world mm-hmm. for for the privilege to have been born in America in the last, within the last 50 years. Um, And it's disheartening and uncomfortable and almost scary at times when you think about how it's changing and where the world's going. Oh, it's hateful. Um, But I, but then I look at what's going on in the world right now and I look at the, the mass immorality and insanity and how dark it's becoming and all I can think of is like I just want it to be over I want Christ to come back Mm. I want it to I want the end to come so that this will no longer ever be again you know because we got a taste in America of what it can be like and how much better is it going to be when all is said and done? Mm. Yeah, I know. You know, I mean, I, and, I, and part of me thinks that that's the better choice. I feel like I lived through <clears throat> the best times of America mm. because you know I was I was born at the end of the nineteen sixties, you know, and I grew up in the seventies and eighties, and 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 then in the nineties early, I was still very young. I just turned twenty one in ninety one. So, um, <laughs> man, I can tell you, um, no humans on the planet, I think, have experienced the abundance and the peace that we had during my lifetime. Even in our own nation, we didn't have it before that. Right. I mean, you had... <laughs> I think kids today, if they went to the grocery store, they wouldn't believe this, but you had 50 choices of cereal. Oh, yeah. You had 100 choices of soda. Remember Crystal Pepsi? (laughs) (laughs) But you know what I'm saying? We had, there was so much abundance that there was 
we created giant stores to shop in. Mm-hmm. Not because well, they needed that much inventory of one or two things, but because there were so many choices. Variety. We've had more choice in this nation than any country's ever had, ever. Mm. Even when we had the choices, they didn't have all the choices. And I don't think most people understand that. Right. And, and you know, God, man, he blessed this nation in, in most incredible ways. We've had, we have more resources in the ground from, for energy and, and metals and, and natural resources from gold, diamonds to oil and natural gas and you name it. We have it in the ground here. Yep. And we have some of the most fertile land for growing crops mm-hmm. in the entire world. We have the most fresh water on the planet in one country. We have, we have a lot of diversity when it comes to resources here. Everything. Every yeah. resource known to man, we have We here. can find it here. Yeah. Name another country can do that. There isn't one. Mm-hmm. God blessed this place. It's a very special place. And man corrupted it. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I feel that a lot of the things that have happened in our nation over my lifetime has done been done out of hatred and, and out, of, out of just ugliness. And that's part of the reason why this show is important to me is I want people to be aware of what's going on and, and what we need to be doing to fight against it. If we, if we have any hope of being what God set us to be here, which is we are a city on a hill. God created us and gave us such great blessing so we could use it for good. Right. And we have done that. I mean, we rescued the world in two world wars. We, we've set the Israelites free and gave them their own nation. Mm. I mean, we have done amazing things on this planet, but we've done equally horrible things. Right. So we have to regain that commission that God gave this country. In order for us to do that, we have to be aware of what's going on, and we have to be united in how we want to fix it. And the only way to do that in these days is we have to get the message out. And again, this is another one of those forms of the public square, and that's why I think this is important. Yeah. So... So enough of all that for today. <laughs> Let, let's. Uh, I, I want to talk about something, that, and we're going to get just a little bit of time here to talk about it. But I honestly didn't plan any of that being today's show. <laughs> but what I really want to talk about is the fact that we have a worldwide food shortage coming at us. Mm. And um, I, it, this goes back to some of the other th- topics we've talked about, being aware and making a decision to do what's necessary and right. And the grocery stores are limited on food at any given time. The selections are definitely down from what they used to be. And this is just the beginning. But there still is food right now. There is food right now. You may not have your choices, but you can still get something. In some places, there are things you can't get at times. Right. Right. Um, not everywhere. And in Florida, we, I think we've been a little bit more spared than other places. Yeah. For some reason. Um, and thank you, Lord. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, where I was going with that. <laughs> yeah. For some reason, 
<laughs> you know, we have we have a, a governor that is leading through the word of God and, you know, speaks that he's putting on the full armor of God to do his job. You're probably going to get some blessing out of that. Yeah. Right? So, yes, thank you uh, for a obedient leader. So here's the question. Do you think DeSantis is a David or a Josiah? Mm. Because David's reign allowed for other reigns to come after him, some bad, some good. But Josiah was the last good king. Can't answer that. Um, and Josiah's the, reign was short. The chances, and, and this is sad, but the the left is so angry at him, and they have been moving to Florida in droves. Yeah. Mm. That it could be hard for him to be governor again. Well, what's interesting is for the last couple of years, they have been moving to Florida in droves. And yet this, what, this year? Was it this year or was it the end of 2021 that it was reported? Um, that for the first time in like, I think it was 60 or 70 years, there are more Republican voters in Florida than Democrats. That'll be the tale, Right. Honestly, that's that's what it comes down to in America. So it how many how many our, our, yeah. our local right? Well, groups. I mean, we have we have a lot of people moving to Florida. I think it's like twelve hundred a day, um, and yes, a lot of people fleeing California, and a lot of those bring mm. the, mm-hmm. their liberal policies. But how many of those people are actually people who are tired of? They know they're conservatives. They know what's going on. They're tired of it, and they're moving to a state where. They don't have to work like that, where it's better. Well, you know what I mean? No, I think a lot of them are from New England too. We can certainly hope. Well, that's you have the New case. England. You have you know the because a lot of Coast. snowbirds are just moving here. You have people coming from like Arizona and New yeah. Mexico and you know yeah, well, which are can, democratic I, states. I think that that's a hard. But your average person in those places are not liberal, unless they come from the urban, the metropolitan areas, Which most, they of, them, be able to move most here. of those states, pretty much every every state in rural areas, most people are conservative. Yeah, it's a hard question to answer because... I mean, we don't have tracking on that. It has everything but... to do with the people, right? Yeah. yeah. God puts the leader in place that the people deserve. I mean, it's... And so, yeah, we deserve the president we have. Yeah. And I'm sorry. We mm. do. Because if we had the people who were vigilant enough, they would have never been able to steal the election. Yeah, you, you just got to look at the things that we've done that would call down any kind of wrath on us, and we, we've stacked it up. So yeah, we need well, to look at that and go, hmm, we got to well, do we, better. <laughs> we need to be grateful that governors like DeSantis and Abbott and the governor in uh oh, what was the what was oh what was the state was it Michigan no it was not no South Dakota South Dakota no no it wasn't Christy no oh, it wasn't? um it not Michigan they're usually in alignment that's why I asked <laughs> um not Michigan because that's Whitmer it's one of those midwest states okay. they were the first state to pass a law that banned abortion altogether well, Arkansas does. Yeah, I thought was it was, it, was Arkansas. It Arkansas. I thought it was Arkansas. And Oklahoma just. Uh, no, I think uh, it was Oklahoma. Oklahoma just it was out, Oklahoma. made it a felony yeah. to to come to do a, abortion. Yeah, that's what it is. It's a fel- I mean, that's a f- essentially banning abortion. They made it. Ill- they made it a oh, federal. It's highly illegal. Right. 
Like you will go to prison. That is amazing. And so you've got strides in, in uh, you know, many states in this country that are moving a back to good moral law. Mm-hmm. And and so we, you know, I'm grateful that we're we have a governor who's doing the same thing. And I think I think our state is taking steps they know they can succeed at, mm-hmm. and not just trying to put out things that they they hope will will fly but won't. Right. I agree. All right. Well, sorry, sorry to get off, off yeah, on a rabbit trail talk, there. Let's go back. We need to talk about. You get me excited bit. about the free state yeah. of Florida. <laughs> well, I I I'm, I appreciate it too. So I get it. Um, but we have to start talking about um, the food crisis. Yeah. What What's happening in the world when it comes to our food and how it gets to our table? Um, our president would like you to believe that there's a food shortage because of the Russia-Ukraine war. Because of Putin. Yeah, but it was happening before you know, that. Uh, what? <laughs> How dare you point that out? We haven't I'm sorry. talked about this on the show yet, have we? A little bit. I think we've but touched on we, it here and there. Just here and there. But the truth is we, we have a lot of factors that f- that feed into food production and food shortages. Um, one of the one of the big things that in America, if you don't know, most all of our farmland requires fertilizer, chemical fertilizer to grow crop, crops. And this is back because back in the eighties, Monsanto and some other people, Monsanto, <laughs> they they sold farmers on the idea that you could get a greater production if you use chemical fertilizers. And so they started using chemical fertilizers and they started getting two and 300% crop yields. But what they didn't know at the time, the farmer didn't know, was it sterilized the ground. It, it killed every bacteria in it. It killed all the bugs. It killed everything that the plants needed mm-hmm. to grow. So once you've got a ground that has been saturated for years of this stuff, it's... It's completely sterile. If you don't use it, it won't grow. So we are in a time, because of the pandemic, because of plants being shut down. And yes, in part because of Ukraine. I was getting there. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, in part because a lot of the chemical fertilizers are... But that's just a fraction of the causes. (laughs) A lot of our chemical fertilizers come from both Russia and Ukraine, which neither, neither one of them is... Sending me out right now. Right. Um, so if you take all of those factors and then you factor in the fact that we have a shipping crisis and ships are still sitting off of port, most people aren't aware that we talked about that a long time ago. Good job, Biden. <laughs> but so we got ships that are sitting off of port holding on to the stuff that we need. Farmers can't get any. I have a lot of family back in the Midwest that are farmers and they literally cannot get fertilizer. And in some cases, like uh, corn farmers in Nebraska, their particular fertilizer is 400% more expensive now than it was before. And they're not allowed to raise their prices 400%, so they can't afford to plant. So that means if we don't plant crops, there's no food in the fall. So can you uh, reiterate the numbers you told me a few weeks ago about the yields this year and then the yield the the expected yields next year 
Well, there's going to be about a 70% drop-off in yield for corn, wheat, and soybeans. Mm. And soy is in everything that you eat that's processed. And we'll get to processing in just a minute. (laughs) (laughs) But almost everything you eat has some soy in it if it's a processed food. Mm -hmm. And for all the way from pasta to everything, cereals, everything. Um, And we have a lot of different things that are happening. Both China and Russia started hoarding the world's corn, wheat, and rice last year. And 70% of, I think it was 70 or 73% of the corn in the world is now in China. And they own something like uh, 60% of the wheat and 50% of the world's rice. Mm. And I thought, well, that's a place ought to have most of the rice, right? Well, believe it or not, America grows a lot of rice. Oh, yeah, we have we have ripe fields yeah. for it. Yeah. I honestly didn't know how much rice we grew in the United States, but we shipped it all over there, so oh, yeah. we don't Georgia, have it anymore. We don't have it anymore. Georgia, South Carolina, prime ground for rice crops. Mm. See? I didn't know how that. Much stuff you know, we're a big country. It's hard to know everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like right? you said, we have all the resources. Yeah. <laughs> it is really hard to know everything that we do, No, right? exactly. Um, but the thing is, is, so somewhere between 70 and 80% of the food crops... Rice, corn, and wheat are in China and Russia. They've, they've just gobbled it all up across the whole world. Truthfully, in America, that won't hurt us as bad as it will other nations. European nations, African nations are going to be the first to well, suffer from that. African nations are already suffering. Yeah. There is extreme famine in several areas in Africa right now. Right. And so the first thing that we do in America, we start helping. Yeah. There's no backup for what we have. And we have a limited supply now, and it doesn't look good for next year's crop. I have an uncle who is a hay farmer, right? And he grows a lot of hay to sell and feed to people for their cattle, which is where our beef is coming from, in case you didn't know. (laughs) And he can't get fertilizer for his fields. So he had to go and haul, make a deal with a chicken farm in Oklahoma and haul fertilizer up and put on his hay fields in order to have any crop. So he was in the process of doing that, and then all of a sudden there was a thing come out about bird flu. Mm. Guess what got stopped? And guess what you can't get now in some places? Eggs. You can't, and they killed over a million chickens. Wow. And they've killed millions of turkeys, and they've killed millions of ducks all over this bird flu that, and they didn't even have to prove that you had it. If the neighbor had it, your crop had to be killed too, your whole flock. And it went so far as they were starting to go into cities and kill people's backyard flocks. Really? Ridiculous. And so we have, so you you start to, you have to take a scorecard and kind of keep score. (laughs) So we have a bunch of the food crops that we use for the cereals and grains Mm -hmm. are now off the market. Nobody can use them. They're over in Russia and China, for, and they're not sharing. Mm-hmm. No, they won't share. And now we have lost a significant portion of chickens, geese, or yeah, chickens, geese, ducks, and turkeys. Um, I wouldn't expect to try to get a turkey around Thanksgiving, probably. Or if you do, it's going to be about five times what you've paid before. Mm. Um, and not only that, eggs are going to go up to. Incredible amount. I mean, they're already at $8 a dozen and $10 a dozen in California. 
Milk Holy is ten dollars a gallon in California. Holy cow! We talk about gas prices, but has anybody figured out what it costs to milk? I mean, yeah. come on, that's crazy, right? Good thing they raised that minimum wage. <laughs> but you know, you start looking at the scorecard of all these things that are piling up, and the fact that there is less grocery on the shelf every week. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I still. I still use Instacart and order my groceries and have them delivered just because I don't want to go out there in public anymore and deal with those people because it's crazy out there. And it is a huge time saver. But uh, I, I, a lot of times they just don't have the stuff that I want, right? I'll ask for something and it's not, they don't have it in stock. Nope, mm. There's a lot of – every week there's stuff. When they don't have when they don't have that happen, I'm amazed. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. I had everything. <laughs> it hasn't happened in a long time. <laughs> But, uh, you know, you start doing those additions, right? So we can see there's something wrong, and it's not getting better. It hasn't been getting better for months and months, and it's mm-hmm. not going to get better. The Russia-Ukrainian war is not over. It's not finished. It's still going. It's in- escalating, and likely more countries are going to get drawn into it now. So it's only going to get worse from that standpoint. Now, a new report come out that people weren't aware of before either, we have had between 18 and 19 food manufacturing facilities in the United States burned to the ground in the last couple months. Yeah, I've been looking those up. And they're they're big ones. I saw one here provided like 6% of like the meat. Yeah. For the US. That's a lot. <laughs> but how do you have over a dozen facilities burned down in a 2 months time? And frame? it's not like in one area. It was it's all like, over. I mean, you were telling me there was one in Pennsylvania. Oh, one it's in... everywhere. California to the yeah. East Coast. What's that smell? Yeah. <laughs> it smells like coincidence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did I just see you put your conspiracy hat on? Yeah, we all got our tinfoil hats on right now. But, I mean, come on, guys. If we, if we can't be discerning to say we have this problem going on, we have this problem going on, and now we're starting to get some compound interest on the problem, and then you're going to go and burned down, somehow burned down over a dozen food processing facilities across the country, and they are all across the country from the East Coast to the West Coast and everywhere in between. Weren't you saying that a plane crashed into one? A plane crashed into one two (laughs) days ago. I mean, either God really has it out for us or something's going on. Yeah. Somebody does. (laughs) If it isn't God, it's somebody else. Yeah, yeah. Just like uh, how and 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 don't let this sound like I'm not an Alex Jones here. Um, <laughs> so don't let don't take this in in a way where um, I'm lessening tragedy um, because I think it it is a tragedy when people die. Yeah, hundred um, percent. But just as Joe Biden starts talking about gun control, you have two mass shootings within like a couple of days of each other. Well, that happened when Obama talked about like, it too. That does that. I'm not saying that like the government's behind it, but we know of a principality who has the power and control of this world, who can push buttons and pull strings and basically do whatever he can get away with. And if he's behind this agenda, then what else can he do if he if he's got someone who is mentally unstable and he's been working on them to commit some horrific act like shooting people and and you know mm-hmm. and then I, like timing and pushes the button right when it's the right time but i think that uh, there's another side to that uh, story or 
another way to look at this. Um, tell me a weekend that there weren't 10 people killed in Chicago in the last five years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there isn't one. No. Tell me a weekend that there weren't 10 to 20 people killed in California over the weekend by guns in the last 10 years. There yes. isn't one. So the media just picks up stories is what uh-huh. you're saying? Mm. Excuse me. I mean, the, these violent acts happen all the time. Right, right. And the media does choose what they feed the public. At the time when, that they do it. And when, when they do it. Yeah. The timing is always on their their time. So is there a coincidence? Absolutely there is. The media has decided to support something that they want to support. And so they found the right story to use it, to do it. If uh, he come out and started talking about racial injustice and stuff, we'd probably be able to see a story about that somewhere. And, and you know, and you know, maybe it was time for them to go find another story about a police officer that did something they shouldn't do. Mm. You know, I mean, look at the stories the way that they put them out. It's time to be part of the narrative. Um, but I mean, if we really cared about violence in this country, we would have somebody in Chicago fixing that problem. Yeah. I mean, there's literally a dozen to two dozen people killed every single weekend there. Well, Chicago is historically known to be one of the most corrupt politically political environments in the country. Has uh, been for a very long but time. But we can't claim that we're going to be overly concerned about it if we're not going to do anything about that. 100%. I mean, yeah, you know, the subway shooting thing, one, it was really weird... I, I love how in our country, when something tragic happens, all the cameras quit working. <laughs> yeah, you know that I'm not going to put my tinfoil hat on about that right now because I know we're not talking about it so much. But but it you, is suspicious. Look, look at all the factors and go. I think you're trying to steer a thought, mm-hmm. right? You want my emotions to follow you somewhere, but you don't really do that with Chicago and all the little kids that were killed last weekend because every weekend there's at least one or two. So come back to me when you're really serious, right? That's, yeah. that's my thought. Um, but we need to, on the food thing, we really need people to start seeing what's going on. You need to prepare. Um, not that I have Mormon beliefs by any means, but we can learn some lessons from them. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they do store food and they do prepare themselves for hard times. My grandparents did that because they were straight, they came straight through the Depression, right? And my whole life, my grandmother canned and put food away and was always preparing for the days that we may not always have it this good, she said. So we got to prepare for when it's not so good. Right, right. And if you're not doing that, and, you know, in America, most people have about three days of food in their house. (laughs) If you're not prepared for a time where you can't go get food, then you're going to be subject to somebody else feeding you. And when you're subject to somebody else feeding you, you have to do what they want. And, And don't think that that's not, like, what would happen if the grocery stores could no longer get, like, the product necessary to, you know, fulfill the masses in that area, then the government's going to step in and start distributing food themselves. And if you look at some of the other things that are going on right now, um, we can look at one, Biden just passed an executive order um, talking about the whole of government becoming an equity-based system. 
And so that means social credit scores and all that. So who do you think they're going to hand out food to first? And who do you think they're going to restrict food to? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're going to base it on this critical race theory nonsense, right? Um, You also have things like that could be like a, a sign of what might of what Biden might be willing to do is, you know, a couple of weeks ago, he opened up the U.S. oil reserves for the first time in history yeah, going. and took out, what, a billion <laughs> barrels or something like that and said this is going to help offset the cost at the pump for Americans. Well, what did he do? He, he sold just it to other sent countries. it to Europe. So what do you think that really does? So if he's willing to do that with our oil and uh, continue to allow Americans to suffer, what do you think he'll do when there's a food shortage? He'll continue to allow Americans to suffer. So that's not him specifically. That is the administration behind him and the, the whole of government actually in support of him. Yeah, and it could be as you know, simple as you know, we have a sitting congressperson that is saying that is introducing a bill actually that says that unvaccinated people should be taxed oh, double. Yeah, yeah where, where was that? Uh, Rhode Island? Yeah. yeah. Taxed double. Yeah. It's double income tax. Yes. And this that, is... That is a state tax, so don't worry, Americans, not, if you don't live in Rhode Island, yeah, you are you're safe fine for the moment. But, <laughs> but it's, not a, it's not an isolated thing. Quebec has started taxing people for being well, unvaxxed. Well, Canada is, like, its own, like, socialist state of whatever... But we could have that stuff happen here. And if you are dependent on somebody giving you food, they could say you have to get the vaccine or we can't feed you. And what does that look like? If you can't buy or sell without a vaccine, that suddenly becomes something else. So I my my point of this conversation was really that people need to start preparing themselves for days ahead this year. Before the end of the year, there are going to be food crunches. I'm not going to say that you're going to, they're going to be out of food places, but you're not going to have the food that you think you've always you know, that way you've always had. You're not going to have. You may have to cut a meal a day out. And well, and Americans survived. Um, what was it? Six to eight years of this in the Great Depression. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, Americans can resor- We're not as resourceful as we used to be as a whole. Um, we've become very used to this system. But there are still those who have um, skills from growing up Mm -hmm. or knowledge or understanding or resources that they've already developed. Those who are resourceful are not going to suffer like those who just are 100% dependent on the system. Like Mm -hmm. people, there is still the ability to go and hunt. There is you can go and you can go and you can go like get like you know a couple of your neighbors and go buy a cow and pay a butcher to butcher it up and you'll have meat for like six months. Yeah, but I mean, there's simple things you could do. You could you know till up a ten foot square patch in your backyard and put a garden Mm -hmm. in. Right. And if it's just for you and your family, that'll feed you. Just don't use chemical fertilizer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Um, But, I mean, you have to, you can can, you can buy, every time you go to the store, if you're going to buy groceries, then get a couple extra Get extra. Of good. Non-perishables. Yeah, you know, canned beans, canned soup, something, and put on the shelf somewhere. And when times are tough, if it says expired, you're probably still going to eat it. Could be. But, you know, you can rotate your stock, come on. Yeah. There's a lot of ways (laughs) to manage that. But we have to start thinking a little different. 
the daily trip to the grocery store could go away. Right. I mean, there are already discussions within the government of putting in a a rationing system in some places. There are states that are going to start rationing some food items because they just can't get them in their state. Right. So it is coming, um, a, a completely different way of looking at food. I'd say one of the most important things, aside from food, because, yes, food is, you know, necessary for most people to live. Um, but what would be more important than that is finding a renewable, clean source of water. Because all we do now is <laughs> buy water. Yeah. Um, clean water is a big deal. Yeah, and, that and I would say is more important than having food for a day. You and can go a couple of days without food if you need to. I tell everybody that they should be investing in a water filter. Mm-hmm. Because quite honestly, if you knew what was in some of the water in some of these municipalities, you wouldn't drink it. I mean, look at Flint, Michigan. They're a great example. They haven't had clean drinking water come from the city for years. That's insane to me that that's for in years. America. <laughs> well, Florida hasn't, like, we have a hard time with naturally, with our natural aquifer anyways. There's, yeah. there's way too many, like, hard minerals and stuff. Oh, like rust, I, I, rust there's a website you can go look lime. at what's in your water, and I did that this week. Don't do that. <laughs> I, I don't drink the water, so I'm not that worried about. But I don't even cook with it. If you don't like, want to know about the fact that in 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 our county, that come the water we get from our our municipality has 100 times the arsenic level allowed. In Martin County, mm-hmm. I wonder if that does that go through the skin because all I do is shower in our water. I don't. Well, I don't know. I don't cook with arsenic. It. I don't is, drink it. Uh, is not one of those. Well, I, that's I think it's scary. One that you're not supposed to drink. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was a Freudian slip. You yeah, just said our snake <laughs> instead of our snake. The our snake is is dangerous. Oh, you right? said our snake. Yeah, my yeah. bad. I, I heard that wrong. Our snake is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it causes cancer, right? At least. Yeah. And it can cause other well, arsenic failures. is a poison. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if so we have for, to. For, you know, I put it in there and, and for my address and is at 100 times the, mm. the allowed level. And I'm like, afraid to look. I'm glad we don't drink this water. It's yeah. like, how does a website get to report that and then nothing it's, happens? It's, but it's everywhere. There's some places worse than ours. Way, way worse. Well, dude, we have flesh eating bacteria in our river. Well, and yeah. nobody does anything about it. <laughs> Yeah, don't go in the water. Yeah, don't talking. go in the river. Don't eat more than two fish out of there in a six-month period. I don't eat any fish you know out of the saying? river. Yeah. That's what they said. No more than two fish out of six months. I yeah. Mean, but this dumps right into the ocean. Yeah. Oh, remember when it was really bad, the helicopter views of it, just the blackness going into the, the yeah. ocean? So, yes, prepare for food crunches Well, you know, I and think shortages. You know you think you could do for water is... You layer sand and charcoal. Oh, are we actually going to lay that out? Because there's a lot of things we can do. Yeah. I mean. I remember seeing that. I, that I cool. know that and they're boil a rich it. company, but go go buy some water filters off of Amazon. and yeah. build, Be build careful you a, what you buy for. Like, you know, they have those life straw things. Yes, they they filter out um, bacteria and but they don't filter out protozoa, but they don't filter out viruses and stuff like that. Yeah, viruses so, are way too uh, but small. There are some, there are some good ones. Yeah, there's some good filter systems that you can you actually build for. at home. Yeah, you just want to do a carbon filter and a ceramic filter. Yeah, 
A two-filter system is the best. And yeah. if you got the one. money, or just have one. a professional come in and put a proper RO filter system, system on RO your house. System. Yeah. And then over time, your pipes will actually clean out of all that garbage, and you'll be able to drink your tap water. Yeah. Is that expensive to do that? Uh, not too bad, I don't think. I mean, if you're a homeowner, it's worth the investment. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That and the, you know that you can always boil water. You could do yeah, dis- that's, you could distill yeah, water. There are, yeah, there are things you can do. Distilled water is probably one of the better solutions. However, you should limit how much distilled water you drink because because well, you need the minerals because and stuff. it actually leaches distilled water leaches minerals. So when you drink it, it's leaching things from your body. Um, it, for toxins, that can be a good thing, but it can also leach like you know, but things your body needs. So mm. be careful how much distilled water you actually drink. Yeah. Well, I think we've done quite a bit of damage today. What do you think, guys? I think so. I hope that this was informative for people because we talked about a lot of different things. Yeah. Yeah, that's the biggest thing. I just hope it gets people thinking and actually saying, oh, if this is happening, what else do I have to look into? Yeah. And then that gives them incentive to look into more. We're past the point where we can just coast through life. Yeah. Right? We have to actually purposely Mm -hmm. live. And... It's going to take work. I can look (laughs) back on my life and I recognize times where I wasn't purposely living. Mm -hmm. I was existing really well, but I wasn't living purposely. Right. Yeah, 100%. So it it really is time for us to start living purposely. And that that takes work and it takes discernment and awareness. And so I hope that we can help with the awareness part here and, and maybe give advice and at least just tell people what's going on in the world. So thanks, guys, for coming today and talking to us. So this has been a Veritas Resurgence broadcast. And today in A Voice Calling of the Wilderness, we've been talking about current events and what's going on in the world around us and what's coming even down the road soon and how we should be reacting to it, how we should be discerning, how we should be aware, and to get involved, to, to be part of the change for good. So if you would, please take a moment and subscribe to our podcast. And don't forget to visit our new website at vrbroadcast.org where you can find more teaching and ask questions of the show and our guests. Also, find us on Facebook at A Voice Calling in the Wilderness. And if you would, do us a favor, recommend the podcast to your friends and family. And again, thank you for listening and have a blessed day.